everyone. Welcome to Caffeinated Humor. You know, I'm not entirely sure where the, the long-standing tradition of New Year's resolutions come from. I think it's at the beginning of any season or the feeling that you're at the end of something, you start making promises over the things you didn't get done during that previous period. And the reason I'm, I'm phrasing it that kind of vague way is because if you look at New Year's resolutions, it means this is the stuff I'm going to do in the new year that I obviously didn't get done this year. I think you do the same thing right near the end of summer and the beginning of summer. It's like anytime there's a significant period past or coming up. It's like if you have an uncle who dies of, you know, a bad liver or something from drinking, you kind of swear it off, you know, right after the, the wake, you stop drinking, no more beer, no more shots, no more nothing. And it usually, unless you're, you really have an issue, you're not inclined to keep that one forever. Now, I do know folks that are, you know, they're recovering alcoholics. And they'll tell you, if you feel the need to have a drink ever, you're an alcoholic. It doesn't follow. That doesn't track. It, because not everybody is an alcoholic. But I think they're going about it the exact right way. They have to be that vigilant. They have to view it that dangerously. No alcoholic should ever have beer or wine or whiskey or any sort of hard alcohol in the house. They shouldn't hang out with people who drink because they cannot stop. Now, you do find those folks that, you know, they hit a rock bottom of sorts, whether it's total rock bottom where they lost fucking everything or just that kind of minor one. They got written up at work and that's their rock bottom. So they spin it, and they immediately change their life, and life is going to be better. And guess what? They do it. I happen to know several people that have done this, addicted to the harshest things on this planet. And yet somehow, they hit their rock bottom, boom, they walked. And that's awesome. I also know several people who hit their rock bottom and decided, you know what, I think I can go a little lower. And I realize that sounds like a little jaunty phrase. It's not meant to be insulting. It's meant to be real. Not everything works out perfect. If it did, there'd be no divorce. I mean, you got to look at the statistics for divorce. What was it? Bill Burr, the comedian, he says, you know, 75%, depending on what polls you look at, of marriages end in divorce. He said, if you were going to go skydiving, And the guy said, you know, three out of four times that people skydive, this chute doesn't open. You would never set foot on that plane. And yet now there's, hell, I'm I'm not contemplating, I'm getting married within a year. And so it comes down to this, you look at it, you look at the odds, and you say, you know what? I'm not sitting on the sidelines on this one. I'm in the game. This is my life. And you do it. And God forbid you luck out. My parents were married for 56 years, and the only reason the marriage ended, my mom passed. But there was always one woman in my dad's life. There still is. That's a beautiful sentiment. Now, oddly enough, my mother loved this. The blog and the podcast, she loved it. Because in in it, she said, one of the things that you need to understand is... This is very cathartic for you. This is the way for you to not only get your feelings out, but get those vile little things that you enjoy saying. It gives you a venue to say them in. 
you know, I was uh, I was watching a thing on Saturday Night Live, and they have a, a segment on Weekend Update. That's the fake news segment of Saturday Night Live. And the, the head writer of the show is Michael Che. And he said, we needed a segment where we could say the stuff that was too risque, too far beyond, just going too far over the line. So they invented one where the, the two anchors, Colin Jost and Michael Che, exchange jokes that they supposedly wrote for each other that the other has never seen. And it's just meant for being good fun, but it gave them a venue to say the most vile, at times racist, sexist, the best jokes that they couldn't normally do in the show. So there's always a venue, a place for those things, you know. And there is a lot of cathartic, you know, catharsis that goes with it. I got to tell you, but I spent a long time when I was married censoring myself. And so now I don't censor myself. And guess what? My stress level's lower. I'm a happier person. I'm a different person entirely than I was, what, 15 years ago when I was married? And so much happier. And that's how life is. So I guess your resolution for life should just be, you know what? Resolve that no matter what happens, whether you gain weight, lose weight, stop smoking, keep smoking, stop drinking, keep drinking, just make yourself happier. That is something worth doing. So let's roll all that together and we end up with today's episode, The Grand Tradition of Lying to Ourselves, on today's Caffeinated Humor. Side note, today's piece is going in that tradition of when it was first posted because I don't want to get out of sequence. So it is right around New Year's. Even though it's right now, about the three quarters of the way through summer. Well, two thirds of the way through summer. I don't know how I got there, but it's just beginning to be August. And this is hopefully going to be an evergreen piece because I think everybody deals with this. But here's today's episode. You know, the time has come to lie to ourselves once again. It's a yearly tradition for some. For others, this will be their first time lying, at least in this sense. The New Year's Resolution. Here it is, as far as I know, because it is a new year. You will suddenly change your ways, get willpower to do crap you've been totally unable to do the other 364 days of the year. Right. I have a friend that has loudly declared that they will never smoke again, and they haven't. At least not for the first week to two weeks in January, every year for the last 10 years. That is a stunning record of consistent failure. Now, I try not to delude myself with trivial crap. I prefer to save my delusions for the really big shit. Saves a lot of time. I have always looked upon the new year as a time to look back over the the bitter shit that happened last year and what I could have done differently. Here's my top three regrets. And this was, uh, I'm going to split this. Half of this is from back when I wrote this piece, and this was probably about eight years ago, and then part of this is from here. Now, back then, I cut back the blog. I was posting uh, five days a week, which was great amount of stuff, but I cut it back to two days a week, and I wish I had done that sooner. The last few weeks of writing five days a week, I was struggling. I felt like crap that last two weeks, and I was writing every day. I, I honestly think it was 
in my head, it was honest to goodness crap. And yet it was also some of the stuff, I guess when I'm troweling it out, that's the bitter shit that everybody seems to love. I was getting a lot of praise from, from the hardcore readers. As it is now, I am thrilled. I have managed to stick for well over a year to three days a week, just cranking it and doing well on the podcast. I'm thinking it's, you know, this is, is very workable, not only now, but in the future. Like I said before, there's over 700 posts to this, this particular humor blog that I'm using as the content. So I have a lot of stuff to put different episodes up. Number two, I regret friendly fire. I certainly don't mind hurting someone's feelings in the name of the blog or podcast if I find it amusing and they kind of have it coming. But it really hammers home the power of words when I hurt someone I never intended to. And I didn't see it until they told me to go fuck myself. Not on a text, not on a phone call, but face to face. Number three, hesitation. In several areas of my life, I hesitated to do something different, take a chance, trust my instincts, whatever. This has wasted a lot of my time and put off things and situations that would have really made me, would have made me, it really did make me feel weak, and I hate feeling weak. Now, the top things I think I did right, I'm writing more, I'm exploring more areas of my writing than I ever have before. I'm getting more into the business of podcasting, not just doing the content, but also looking into sponsorship, advertising, all the different things, and getting involved in it. Number two, I danced, I took some chances, I danced outside my comfort zone more than a few times. Not as much as I would have liked, but I did. And number three, I am closer to being me than I have been in a long time. Now, this one either makes sense to you or it doesn't. And it was everybody's true eight years ago as it is this year. I mean, I've looked at at the last eight years and it's just been a consistent time of growth. And that's awesome. If you can look back over a period of time and go, you know what? Even if I fell, I fell forward. That's awesome. Because in the long run, change was, is, and will always be inevitable. I took a lot of shit. I got a lot of praise when I first cut the blog back to two days a week. I also took a lot of shit when I I decided to use the blog as the content for the podcast. The good news is, blog is still there. I recently turned it private because I wanted to use it as the content. I didn't want people being just doing whatever they want with it because I have found it on other websites, people plagiarizing. Well, now it's not available. Now, instead of pushing it out five days a week uh, until I burn out so bad I can't do anything but shut it down, I roped it back into two days a week. And with the podcast, I did about probably three to four months or six months, I think, of five days a week. And it was a little easier because there's the, the first segment of the podcast here is just my collective thought about whatever the theme is of that day. And then a little break. Second part is the actual content from the podcast or from the blog. So it is a little easier to get out. There's not as much writing, but I've managed to do it for consistently for well over a year 
three days a week. So it's all good. So back to the new year. The one thing I have not heard so far is anyone talking about how, it, you know, odd numbered years. Uh, the original podcast or the original blog of this today's uh, podcast was written in 2013. Number 13, bad luck. This is 2021 right now, and I hate dating the podcast, but it did. I'm messing with the numbers now. That's also a bad luck number. Not because it's like 13, but it is an odd number. Now, the bad luck thing really is a natural. Due to COVID, due to the current administration, economy sucks. Government in general sucks. You know, we've had some of the most divisive presidents in modern times over the last few decades. And it's been a, a continual mishandling of the children of Congress on both sides of the aisle to the point that we are facing almost on a regular basis. You know, government shutdowns and, and fiscal cliffs and, and bad things. And it's like, you know what? Can you guys just get your shit together and do your freaking jobs? Great. Thanks. You guys don't have to work for a living, but everybody else does. And yet to the layman, such as myself, it looks so easy, regardless of what party you're in. Handle the tariffs, create jobs, fix the roads and schools. Don't pooch us into debt too bad. The comedian Dennis Miller once said, I expect the same thing out of the president and Congress that I do out of my gardener. Do your job well, don't stare too long at my wife. I think he was talking about Bill Clinton. But you know what? That would honestly be refreshing. So how about we write some New Year's resolutions for the government? Here's the top three, as far as I can see. Number one, do your fucking jobs. Two, learn how to play with others. And number three, do your, your best to stop being the rotten pack of thieves you have been so far in the last few decades. That's just my opinion. You're free to disagree, but if you do, and I don't see how you could, you would only disagree if A, you're a politician, or B, you're ignorant. And I'm rarely wrong about these things. And now it's time for some coffee. Mm -hmm. 